first step ever podcast and i am ishani nigam your host and producer of the podcast this podcast is made for all the disruptors around the globe who know that they are made for something for that one thing but fear of embarrassment fear of rejection the fear of fear itself holds us back at some point in time but hey those are the only milestones that if we cross we are there to take our first steps so welcome on this journey with me where i interview people from across the globe so that they can share their story their challenges and you know that even you can surpass yours well what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever after after completing 125 episodes here is a collection of special edition that we have got for you to end this year with really big impactful unconventional stories of those people who have gone far beyond their first steps but are more than happy to keep working towards the many first steps that have come in their life so let's just dive deep into this episode today because i have someone who is an amazing woman who has created impact all over the world and she is a co-founder she is a podcast host and she is a mentor strategist a consultant and above all a really really great human being so please join me in welcoming caitlin judd all the way from the amazing planet called earth because she's a global personality i would say oh ashani stop that's too much uh, i love that listing all the things i like to now call it i heard um i heard the term last week it's a portfolio career uh makes it just a lot of lot of titles there a lot of lot of hats but all things that i love doing and uh yeah now i can call it a portfolio career but thank you so much for having me it's uh, such an honor That's amazing Caitlin because this is what it actually looks like to own your talent mm. to own your life to own yourself why you why would you want to straight jacket yourself in one particular term and a career when you do have multiple talents and you do possess that superpower actually excel in more than one career so thank you so much Caitlin for starting this amazing episode on such a such an important and amazing note i like to give a little bit of a background about Caitlin going forward before we kind of jump into those amazing questions that i have for her i'm very excited she is really beaming with energy and she's really passionate so she loves helping female founders create and grow successful and sustainable businesses so you are someone who's listening to us today even people who love to you know build their business do do hang around it is it's going to be a very insightful episode and she's deeply interested in how companies can create more sustainable business practices with a particular focus on reducing the negative impact on local environment and this is a very important topic and as i already said that she is the co-founder of lady brains a platform dedicated to helping early stage founders and the businesses grow so they can live more fulfilling meaningful and sustainable lives this just doesn't end over here she's also the co-host of the lady brains podcast now hear this very very carefully one of the australia's most top rated entrepreneurial bodies she is known for getting the story behind the story and bridging the gap between entrepreneurial listeners and incredible global founders now she does with does this with her amazing co-founder so do check lady brains podcast out if you haven't already but i have a feeling that most of you must have <laughs> already been tapping them your your kind of uh, you must have already delved into some of the podcasts if you are in the entrepreneurial space so 
as we can see caitlin is a superwoman she is exercising all the superpowers that's when you call yourself someone who can you know tap mm. into superpowers but to reach to this stage mm. there is a journey that a person takes now let's trace a step back in caitlin's journey from the very beginning and i'd like to ask you this question caitlin what were the surrounding that you grew up in what were the mindset of the people that you were surrounded up with such a great question and it's definitely been a journey a long journey a long journey uh if i yeah, if i'm if i'm truthful but yeah look you know i look back to when i was younger you know we can start i guess in those really informative years those early days of of primary school and you know, I'm really fortunate. I'm really fortunate to have grown up in the family that I did, in the area that I did, the schools that I attended. You know, I don't take that for granted. Um, I know that that's not everyone's experience. And so, you know, I look back on that time and it was such a, such a rich, wonderful time um, in my life. And, you know, I'm really grateful for all the people that got to play a role in my education and bringing me up, whether it was my parents, you know, my aunties, uh, my teachers, the neighbors, you know, it was such a time, you know, we're, we're looking back like what in the nineties. And I feel like, you know, the sense of love thy neighbor, you know, really just like, you know, we were always just hanging out and supporting one another. It was never kind of a, a question of, you know, whose kid is that? It was, it's like all the kids were hanging out in the street. We all went to school together. We all ha supported one another. You know, I'd be down the road. Like, honestly, it's so funny. Like there, you know, my mom would tell us um, stories about, you know, she'd, she'd kind of come home one day and, you know, there'd be all the kids from the street or the neighborhood would be in our house just playing along. And, you know, it was, <laughs> it was that kind of time, you know, it was such a, you know, free, beautiful time where we could all support one another and, um, you know, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Whose, fa who, whose family you belong to. And I think that was such an important part of my upbringing. It's like, it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what your background was, what your ex life experience, you know, had been. And, you know, again, I'm really fortunate, really grateful for that experience. You know, I grew up with really strong women in my family. Yeah. My mom, uh, my two aunties, my cousins, and, you know, they really taught me and told me that, you know, you can be anything and you can do anything. And again, you know, it's not until you're older and you look back at that message and go, wow, that is such a critical message, especially as a young girl to hear that. You know, that isn't always our experience. And, you know, of course, I um, faced other external challenges and we can go into the challenges later, later in the conversation. But, you know, to have people that you look up to, such as your family and your teachers, to have them tell me that, you know, you can do anything, you can achieve anything, you can be anything, is really quite, you know, an important and special lesson. So, you know, my family, like the women in my family, <laughs> very vibrant, um, life it. of the party, but also, you know, wildly intelligent, very giving. You know, my, um, my grandmother, she is still... She still plays the piano. She's 93 years old, but she's been a wow. piano teacher her whole life. God bless she, her. God bless her, right? Um, an amazing woman has an OAM, which is an Order of Australia medal for teaching piano to disadvantaged youth. Incredible. Congratulations and, to her. Yeah, yeah, you know, so special. And she still plays for the church. She still catches up with her choir buddies. And, you know, again, you know, I grew up looking at at, at these women and, you know, my grandmother and, and as I said, my mom and my, you know, aunties and they just, they, they worked and they pursued their passions and they did it with such vigor and valor. And, 
you know, joy. And, and I realized I'm like, oh, you can create a life that suits A, who you are, the things that you're passionate about, the contribution that you want to make to the world, but you can also do it with a little bit of just, you know, pizzazz and fun and, and spunk. Yeah. And so I learned that early on and uh, that was such an important lesson. And then, you know, when I went to kind of school, both primary school and high school, you know, I really sought out those teachers that saw me for me. And I was kind of that kid that, you know, interestingly enough now, you know, you can't get the microphone off me, but I, that didn't come naturally to me when I was younger. I used to kind of like to sit back and, you know, observe. And, um, I used to like to build more intimate kind of relationships and didn't really like putting my hand up in the classroom or, you know, having to present that, that actually wasn't my thing. But, you know, when you're kind of, I would say a little shy, you know, you do tend to kind of gravitate towards the the teachers and, and the you know, yes, your friends yes. that really understand who you are as a person. Yeah, my kind of teacher in year one and two just, yeah, I guess she saw something in me as she probably saw something in every student. Now I look back and just gave that that level of attention and love and leadership, the way that she led was just so soulful and just so, again, really personable. Like, you know, she really understood what motivated every student of hers. And and it was just, I look back and I'm like, God, she was amazing. You know, we used to have rabbits in the room. Like I'd be able to sit there and do my homework and, you know, pat the rabbit. And also, you know, if I did, she just, she knew your strengths and your weaknesses. And I did, again, you look back and go, oh, that's, that was, that's like, oh, that's how things should work. Oh, that was a first sign, but also encouraged you to push yourself outside your comfort zone. And, you know, I think that's really pretty special and magical because I can imagine that, you know, six seven-year-olds are not the easiest easiest people to manage I have such yeah I mean admiration for teachers man I tell you what but yeah again you know and and also you know again she was mirroring kind of what my family was saying which is you can't have a bit of fun you know we just like stick it there was just glitter and stickers everywhere I just I just I look back at that time you know year one and year two I was so fortunate it was just colorful. It was vibrant. It was happy. It was, it was a special time. And, you know, she, again, really was a teacher that was like, you can do anything. And, um, you know, I see something in you, as I said, I'm sure she also saw that in everyone else. So really, really appreciated her, um, approach to life, to leadership, to teaching. And I've taken so much away from that. So yeah, that was, um, I, you know, I really was, again, as I said, grew up, the mindset of of try everything, but do it well. My mum used to say, "If you're going to do something, do it well, or don't do it, or don't do it at all." Wow, Caitlin, what <laughs> an encouraging environment to grow mm. up in. I would say so. I'm very happy that you had that sort of an environment to grow up mm. in. And for all, all of us who are listening to us today or watching us, I don't know if you were able to kind of pinpoint this thing, but I like to kind of emphasize this. Even though you were presented with the opportunities, mm. it was definitely you who were observing things very carefully, absorbing things and making a mental note of how to apply those things. Mm. So even though I would say that sometimes we do do have you know good surroundings, we have good opportunities, we have platform, but it really depends on us what we make out of it. And I would say that you, as you reflect back on your journey, and I can see that how observant you were, you were also aware of certain, 
you know, your own talent back mm. then or what you would like to work towards and how appreciative were you about other people and kind of to learn from them. So thank you so much, Caitlin, for, you know, taking us through that amazing journey mm-hmm. of yours so far, because we are going to follow you more far ahead <laughs> in your journey after yeah, we, this. We only got to you too, so we got a while to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so from here, I would say that I think that from what I hear, you had a solid foundation, mm. you know, building on seeing your um, women from your own household, you know, yeah. pursuing their own talent. And I think that's where maybe the idea of you can be who you want and do your thing. Mm. So maybe maybe it kind of sunk in for you. So from there, I would really like to know, you know, how did you start recognizing your inner voice as you probably reach your uni days or your teenage life? Were you facing any sort of challenges? Because that's a very fragile time. I mean, yeah, things change for you. Um, you invite new people in your life, new perspective in your life, if you change the location. <laughs> How were things back then for you when you were like in your u- university time? Yeah. Oh, gosh, so much here. Um, I like to say that I peaked in primary school. So like I did really, really well, became like, the, you know, the house captain and, and you know, won the, won the music awards and like, you know, just Oh, I was just thriving when I was 12 years old. And then, you know, you go to high school and you just, you're all of a sudden, you're like this, what is it? The small fish in a big pond kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, like there's a lot of incredibly talented people out there. And you just, you step up. It's like, you've got to grow up from the safe environment at primary school into high school. But, you know, you, you, you do, you got to, you've kind of, that's, that's a transition, right? And, and, and I guess as I'm speaking, you know, I, I love the idea that we can think of these moments as transitions because some people call them challenges. Some people call them, you know, different things, but they are, when you, when you boil it down, these are all moments of transition. And, you know, when you transition from, yeah, you know, high school to university or perhaps your first job or when you have a child, all of these moments they do come with their challenges. They're also super exciting, but they are moments of transition and any moment of transition really requires a lot from you. Um, It does. You know, it requires a lot of courage. Um, You need your support around you. You know, you might have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions or new environments. And I think, you know, just taking that um, for what it is and stepping into that transition with a little bit of gra- extra grace um, and allowing yourself to, you know, perhaps fail, perhaps fall. That's okay. Like that is totally normal. I've done it so many times. But it is a moment of transition. And so, you know, going from primary school to high school, I was like, whoa, okay, time to step up. Had the best. Again, you know, had a, get a, a great time. Met some, some of my closest best friends are from high school and, um, you know, really, really fortunate. But you know, I, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the, the brightest light or the, or the, the smartest in the room, which by the way, I'm very happy not to be. I think it's really important to surround yourself with amazing people. Um, but you know, you kind of go into that space and, and yeah, you quickly got to grow up. And then the next transition obviously is transitioning out of high school into university. And that's kind of when it's like, all right, you're on your own. You get to make your own decisions. Do you want to show up for class or not? Mm, Not really today. Um, but you've got to become an adult pretty quickly. And, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I finished high school, like so many people. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew that I had an interest in business. I knew that I had an interest in uh, the arts. 
Um, you know, I was a creative person. I did a lot of graphic design and I'm like, how do I kind of combine all of this? How do I do something that, you know, can secure my future, but isn't exactly going to be a straight and narrow line? Like what yeah. could this be? So, you know, I found myself transitioning into or yeah, transitioning or enrolling in, um, you know, a business and an arts degree. So I kind of, I did the double. Yeah, I did the double. Well, I thought, you know, I, well, it's well interesting, but also what is interesting actually about this is that I feel like I'm one of the very few people who uses their degrees. Aside from obviously, if you study medicine and you know, oh, you know those people definitely. Uh, but doing an arts degree, you're never guaranteed to get your money's worth. But I, I studied arts and I did media and communications, which I find myself you know, hosting a podcast very and I'm natural. very much in the, in the media space. I studied psych, uh, I studied sociology and kind of went on to study positive psychology, which I can talk about, but then also business, you know, and marketing. And I've had my own business. I obviously have had to apply a lot of those lessons. So I like to say I'm one of the very few people that um, actually have managed to use their degrees. But, you know, I went into university again, not really knowing what the outcome was going to be. And I wasn't so worried about that at the time because I, I, you know, I truly believe that any education is a worthwhile investment. It is, you know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a university degree. It can be anything that you want to, to learn, a vocation. It can be a trade, um, you know, anything that lights you up, that, that feels good, that you think that you could use in the future is a worthwhile pursuit. And so, you know, I was doing my degree and, you know, obviously you get closer to the end. You're like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then I had this other brilliant idea. I was like, uh, maybe I'll go study overseas. So I, yeah, wow. you got into year three and I was like, let's go study in America. And I had been fortunate enough to kind of travel over there with family um, on a trip. And I just, I fell in love with the country and I was like, God, this is so different to Australia, but so amazing. And, you know, I kind of started to really like lean in and look, look up like, what is college life in America? You know, and and I was like, yeah, I want to be part of that. I want to go and study in America. So yeah, I managed to, you know, organize, facilitate a um, a study abroad um, in Miami. And uh, I went and studied over there for six months. And Incredible. Yeah, I ended up kind of moving over there for after I graduated. And it was such an informative time of my life. And I guess like, you know, the lesson in that is it doesn't have to be you, you know, your your learning experience can be anything that you want it to be. And there are opportunities that sometimes, it, it no one was doing that at the time, interestingly enough. None of my friends had studied overseas. And so it was just something that I was like, oh, here's an opportunity. Not, not everyone's doing it, but hey, like, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I go and see the world and continue to, you know, educate you know I can study international marketing I can do all these cool things and it really opened my eyes it was it feels like another lifetime to be honest with you but what it taught me what you know studying I guess overseas or studying so yeah studying abroad and also living abroad is just you know how different obviously cultures operate but the opportunities that you know you're afforded like wow I did some crazy things. And also you just don't have that sense of, I think, I think you're a little braver when you're overseas. Mm. I really do. I think that when you're removed from your environment, you kind of have to be a little bit more brave. Yeah, it's not an (laughs) option. And you have to work, you have to work hard to kind of build a network, find opportunities. And that's what I did. I went over there, went to Miami with this mindset of like, 
do everything once and if you like it then you get to do it again if you don't then don't worry about it you know and oh my god yeah I tried everything I literally tried everything I tried oh my god I was you know I was an I, I was acting I was an extra in some like you know in Charlie's Angels like I yeah I got to host like a um you know I was I was interning at a theater and I got to kind of do a behind the scenes you know I got to go on stage and talk to like almost like Cirque du Soleil but there's the um there's an yeah you know like all these really cool things and I worked in ad sales and marketing I worked for Art Basel which is a huge international art fair like I just said yes to everything I was on like a yes journey and (laughs) I think everyone should for a certain period of their life, go on a yes journey. It can be, it can be three months. It can be six. It can be 12. And it's like, just say yes to literally every, I mean, obviously within reason, be safe. Um, but you know, say yes, say yes to everything. Like life is short, but also you just don't know what a love or passion you might uncover and be a great connection or just a good bloody story. So like, you know, I just, I can't, I can't recommend that enough is find, find a time in your life to have a yes journey and go on it because yeah, I look back and I'm just so grateful for that time. I'm really grateful that I said yes to all of those wild things. Um, but it made me a better person. It's, it's a good story. And, uh, and, and yeah, and I've uncovered some passions throughout that process. Wow. So I, I would like to kind of touch upon and unpack a couple of things over here, because from what I hear in your journey, and especially for the people who are listening to us, if you are in your early 20s, or mm. even like you're in a phase where you're transitioning. So this is the first takeaway I like to kind of share that what Caitlin has just, you know, kind of shared with us that seeing challenges as transition mm. is such a positive word to kind of, you know, uh, tell ourselves that it is a new thing that's happening with me. It's actually taking me to a different phase of my life, which where and I'm a much better person. So thank you so much, Caitlin. I also see that brave inner you over here, which is not afraid to kind of experiment to the extent that you were happy to go and, you know, see how your life would be in a different country altogether. Mm-hmm. So for people who are listening to us, if that is not kind of, you know, the wild journey that you would like to take, I would highly recommend at least changing the city within your country because staying on your own, managing your own bills, building your own life, <laughs> making your own uh, mistakes, it really builds your character. And the other very important thing that Caitlin, you just shared in your journey was saying yes to a lot of things and especially how you emphasize on that certain period of your time because I really understand the value of that Mm. while you're growing up and you are still experimenting with who you are and if something really you know you are passionate about something is relevant to you something that relates to you and if you get an opportunity in that area or probably something different as well saying yes early on is a great thing because that is the stepping stone of finding yourself sooner so thank you so much Caitlin I think we have gone through you this amazing journey of yours from your childhood to winning such amazing awards in your primary school to then coming to this transitioning phase and then you know just hopping to a new country like America Mm. and just being in the Charlie's Angels sounds really amazing to me oh that was that was a wild story it was the ABC remake and I remember sitting backstage and I looked down and there's um 
Rachel Taylor, she's an Aussie, she was in it, and Minka Kelly, and they were just like having a little rest backstage. And I was like, oh my God, you two are so beautiful. And like, I'm like, there's little me, like ready to be an extra, but I've got the clip. It's fun. I mean, you know, again, what, what else can you do those things? But really, also a good point, Ashani. It's like, you don't have to remove yourself entirely from your, um, you know, wherever you live. You don't have to be that drastic and go and move overseas. There are little things that you can do in your environment, you know, and whether that is joining a new club. And we'll talk about, you know, some suggestions, um, you know, that I can kind of make later to, to help with those moments of transition. But it is, it's just, you know, whether it's following that yes journey or, um, you know, integrating something new into your environment um, and pushing yourself. I think that's really important and that will help you grow and just going, going out and really seeking those opportunities. Sounds incredible. And that's exactly where we're going to segue now because mm-hmm. I think let's, let's talk about what's happening now with your amazing portfolio career that we touched <laughs> upon very early on about the Lady Brains, being the co-founder of Lady Brains, being the co-host of Lady Brains podcast and also mm. being a brand coaching and strategist. So please talk us through this professional journey of yours. How was the transition period for you over here? Oh, it's kind of a big, well, look, what ended up happening is I came back, you know, my Miami gig, my, uh, my sojourn over there and I graduated and then I, it's funny, I kind of feel like I went backwards a little. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I think there was a little bit of external pressure, which is totally normal to be like, you need to, you need to get a real job, a well-paid job. And, you know, just like sort your life, you know, you can't just gallivant around the world forever. And I was like, I like this plan. Like this is working out fine for me. But, you know, my parents probably had different ideas, but look, totally normal. And I think I came back and I, I did, I, I, I took a full-time job um, in marketing, but in an industry that perhaps wasn't so aligned with who I was as a person. And I was there for about two and a half years and, you know, I kind of hit a, hit a ceiling. You know, there wasn't really anywhere for me to grow um, in this in this uh, company, and I just remember thinking, like, you know, is this it? Like, what am I going to do next? Who am I going to turn to? And there wasn't really anyone in the in the organization that probably I could like identify with that looked like me that, that kind of perhaps had a career, career trajectory that um, I wanted. So it was really difficult to find those people, yeah. those you know, to 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 seek out and talk to and go, hey, like, do you have some advice? So what I started doing um, was researching and learning, and you know, going back to my kind of. Um, I've got a really strong sense of curiosity and love of learning. And so I was reading books. I was watching webinars. Um, I don't think I was listening to podcasts because they weren't quite around just yet. Um, But, you know, I remember just sitting down and watching webinars like on, on everything on like, you know, well, what what happened to kind of pique my interest was well-being um, and female leadership and positive psychology, which looks at how humans flourish and thrive. And so I started kind of just, you know, yeah, like doing a lot of this self-inquiry, um, asking the big questions of myself. I was like, all right, I've been here now for a couple of years. I've done some cool shit, but I don't really know where I'm going next. That's okay. But yeah, I'm going to have to figure this out pretty mm. quickly. So I, at the time, um, called uh, someone that I had seen on the webinar um, that was really prolific in the, the the female leadership 
you know, well-being positive psychology space, I ended up calling her and saying, hey, like I need a lifeline. Like I need, I don't know, can you coach me? Can you mentor me? Can you, can you tell me what the hell I should do? And God bless her. She was like, look, you can't afford me. Uh, but she was, she was like a high-end exec coach. I was like, yeah. Fair, fair, fair. She's like, but um, you know, I'm doing this, running this program. It's a female leadership program. Um, I suggest that you come along. You know, you'll get a lot of value out of it because you'll get me for you know 12 weeks of the program or whatever it was, rather than one awesome. session. And I was like, cool. And I was the youngest person in the room, which was which was you know a little bit daunting. But mm. again, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of you know touch back on this. But I put myself in an environment that I was like, okay, gotta level up again. You know, I gotta grow. Uh, and also these these women might one day, you know, be people that I need to know. And so I went there and, you know, the whole premise was to kind of set the next goal. What, what was my goal? What did I want to achieve? Um, and really it was about creating the next, funnily enough, transition from my current role into what I was doing next. Now, lo and behold, I thought that that would look like going into another job, like another organization and and continuing down the path of I don't know, marketing manager, you know, brand manager, whatever it was, you know, following more of a traditional pathway. Um, but what ended up happening was the woman that I let, um, reached out to and who invited me along to the program, she ended up hiring me. Um, her and her business partner ended up hiring me. And so they kind of went from mentors to what I would call a sponsor. And, and you know, again, I can talk about that later. But they they saw something in me um, and you know, I was really curious and hungry to learn. And I like, they came up with the idea of maybe you should work for yourself. Now at 25, at 25 years old, it's not really something that I, I don't know, back then I wasn't thinking, yeah, cool. I know everything and I'm ready to go out on my own. Yep. I mean, I still don't feel like I'm ready. To, you know, I've, I've been working <laughs> for myself for 10 years. Oh God, that gives away my age, but 10 years. And, you know, I just like, it's it's a funny thing to have someone go, hey, you know, what? Well, do you want to do some work? And and I kind of started doing it on the side, a little bit of kind of consulting work on the side while I started my job. Transitioned out from there, started working for these women, started working for more people in the same industry, which was that well-being space, and um and started a consultancy. And I was like, holy shit! Like I've got my own business here, and it kind of just happened. And so while it wasn't intentional, obviously you start doing something like that and, you know, you do niche down and, and I, it was very niche. It was marketing and branding support, especially like, you know, building um, global virtual online businesses um, for the leaders in this, in this space, in positive psychology, well-being and, and leadership space. And so, you know, I was then intentionally building a business around that. Um, and that, that went on for a couple of years and I loved it. I learned a lot. There's nothing like learning how to build a business when you're kind of learning and doing at the same time you know it was like learning on the fly and what was also awesome was these women that hired me and I know I was also in the end you know I mean I was working for a couple of guys as well they would often pay for me to learn so they would pay for coaches um, you know, in, I don't know, Facebook advertising or um, writing emails or, you know, whatever it kind of was, they saw it as the quickest way for me to upskill and they would invest in me. And so I was learning and working at the same time. And it was a really, really cool opportunity to be able to, as I said, yeah, build a business, learn at the same time and build build my own, build others 
And so I did that. It was so good. It was intense. And then that kind of led to Lady Brains, which is, it doesn't, I mean, in a way, it didn't really, it doesn't really lend itself into Lady Brains. But what was happening on the side is interesting because I was obviously working for myself. But I felt a little, I started to feel really lonely. And, um, and while I had teams, you know, virtual teams, my clients' virtual teams, and I was very much part of them, um, and that was great. But I'm a real physical person. I really need to be surrounded. I, I, I draw energy from people. Don't get me wrong, in my, my downtime, like, you know, I think I'm a bit of a, you know, ambivert intro-outro, but I definitely, I definitely needed to surround myself with people. And so... I can totally relate. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And so one day I was, I realized, oh, I'm not really, here's the tough thing. I'm not in an organization or a company. So I'm not really getting invited to industry events, networking opportunities. I don't really like any of the ones that are out there at the moment. Like there were a few, I was going to some conferences that were cool, but also big and quite overwhelming and very hard to connect on an intimate level. And so, yeah, I decided that why not create my own kind of networking opportunity? And uh, myself and my two co-founders at the time decided that we would start running supper clubs. And, you know, these supper clubs were really small, intimate dinners for women in business or women that had an idea or women that wanted to start something. And, uh, and yeah, so we started running these really intimate supper clubs at restaurants in Melbourne. They started selling out. And uh, it was a way for me to stay connected to women that were working in an organisation but also women that were really entrepreneurial and wanted to start something. So that was the whole premise around um, starting Lady Brains and it really was the idea was to just be able to bring women together that, you know, wanted to connect over over business and have really interesting conversation and also not feel like any question left was just, yeah, left out or any question was a stupid question. And we were like, check the ego at the door, come in, share your story. And, you know, this is a, it was a safe space. And I think we created a really fun, safe environment, which is now kind of like, I'm really big on following that through with any event that I do. It's like, it's got to be safe and it's got to be fun <laughs> like and that's not easy but it's um but it, it's a good recipe um but yeah that's how that's how lady brain started and and again you know that kind of that was more born out of a need so i guess you know starting my consultancy was someone else's idea but you know there was a need there and i i managed to fill that um but then you know starting lady brains was definitely a personal need i think like any really good business it often starts that way so yeah it, it gives me a great, great, like immense joy, Caitlin, right now that you are able to take us through the logical steps mm-hmm. in your journey towards creating, you know, Lady Brain and what happened along the way. Because now everyone can see and hear that it is not an overnight wonder that people really kind of, you know, talk about in the books or in the mm. media. It takes it builds and it really takes you to make that effort and as Caitlin just mentioned it took over 10 years to Mm. you know get to that point and in those 10 years she was doing much more than that was required out of her because she really liked to do that and like she took on every opportunity so thank you so much Caitlin I mean 
I loved, I loved how you went into the depth of it. You've been so candid and honest about the each step, you know, where you reached out for the help wherever mm. necessary. You did listen to an opportunity that came your way that someone, you know, kind of shared with you, why don't you probably do this? You are quite well equipped for it. You, you did go ahead and try that out and things started coming out of the opportunities. I did read somewhere you know, the reward for doing something good is actually getting more opportunities. And this yeah. is something that I can definitely see in your journey. So firstly, I'd like to say thank you so much, uh, you know, Caitlin, for being on my first step ever. There, there definitely is one more question I'd like to kind of ask you. <laughs> but before wrapping up, but I'd like to kind of say this has been an incredible episode where I would say that this really justifies that why my mm. first step ever is over here to kind of mm. take our listeners through the real deal of someone's success. Mm. So let's just kind of wrap this episode with this really interesting question that I would like to ask about Lady Brains itself. Mm. If you can tell us that in, in probably like top three things that you feel, apart from, you know, that, that environment of creating it's safe and fun, that mm. how Lady Brains empowers, the, empowers women around the globe and which could also be like a takeaway for the youth for us in today's time oh that's a big question so how do we (laughs) inspire yeah look I think you know the the premise of as I said lady brains was to create an environment that felt safe and that allowed women to connect over business you know as I said often conversations can get derailed by other things that are going on in the world which is completely normal and um, understandable but you know we wanted to prioritize our own education um, and 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 further our learning and that was why we started it and you know from from the supper club obviously lent itself into the podcast and and that our podcast you know we've had over oh, I don't know 100 10 guests 120 I've lost count um but we've had a lot of really yeah you know incredible female founders on that show and you know obviously you know it is to highlight those women um and the incredible contribution that they've made to their industry um I think to the Australian startup ecosystem but also you know the for the listener it's an opportunity for them to be inspired um and to learn and you know every Every time we sit down and we interview a founder, the whole idea is that we can, you know, inspire just one person and we can, and and, and then they can take something away from it and apply it to their business. And, you know, that's what we always say to our guests, you know, it's like, give us, give us the story, but also kind of break it down and, you know, whether you need to re-engineer it or just think about what are the steps, you know, again, your podcast. I mean, I love that, the practicality of it, like what were the steps and, and how did you apply it? And so, you know, that podcast uh, I think is is some incredible work that we've done in being able to, yeah, you know, spread uh, those stories even further and get them into the ears of women that perhaps are starting or scaling a business. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we've run mentor programs and we've got an online program and, you know, we've run events um, and, and it's, and we've invested, you know, in a female founded company. And the yes, whole idea was to continue to give back and fuel this ecosystem and be able to hopefully one day, you know, see the same amount of female founders uh, in the Australian ecosystem as men, but also, recognize and understand the challenges that they face and 
especially when it comes to raising capital. You know, we really need to kind of close. There's no excuse for it. There's absolutely no excuse for it. And, you know, it's really difficult to reconcile what the statistics show. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, you know, like 3% of venture capital goes to female founded companies, right? It's a very, very, very small amount. And it's hard to look at that and, and stay positive. However, you know, and this is why I think it's so important to keep having these conversations and to keep, you know, profiling female founders. And, and to be honest, any founder that is a minority founder or isn't given um, the same equal kind of opportunities to, to share, you know, what they're doing and to, to gain funding, um, you know, it's really important to keep kind of pushing this and, and talking about it and to, you know, giving, giving women and giving minority founders an opportunity to, to do exactly that, to be able to, to profile and platform them. So whether it's an event, whether it's a podcast, whatever opportunity it is, just calling out people's biases, you know, it's the little things that will add up. You know, I think it's really important, again, to have these conversations with people. And, and you know, that's why I'm so grateful to be on this podcast is like, if someone just hears something and, and they recognize or they realize that they can go on to do something that perhaps they hadn't considered, uh, that's amazing. And that is going to get us closer to closing the, you know, entrepreneurial gender gap. Um, and uh, that gives me a lot of hope. So, yeah, I... um yeah, I've got, I don't know what else to say <laughs> on top of that, but, uh, but yeah, definitely go, you know, read, listen, learn, find your mentors, find your good people, find the people that are going to advocate for you, um, and put yourself in the right place. I really do think that, you know, opportunities come from people. Um, we used to say that a lot, you know, on the podcast and go and network, go and put yourself out there. It doesn't matter if you're green and new and have no idea. I, no one knows what they're doing, let's be honest. So go and put yourself in those positions and um, find the good people and yeah, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. Ooh, Caitlin, you're doing an amazing service to people around the globe, I would say. And that is such a great understanding for us to kind of take, take, take us through what Lady Brain really does. And it was really uh, appalling to hear the percentage of uh, the female investor, uh, female founders who actually get their investments done. So I think you're, you forefront of it, you know, kind of trying to bridge that gender gap. So thank you so much for being on my first step ever. There's one thing that oh. if I have learned from this entire journey of yours is that when you did not find something that you were really looking out for, you paved your own way to look out or create that for you. Mm. So listeners, my friends who's watching us, if you are in the same boat, if you do not really understand what is for you, it's probably because you are the person who might have to create it uh, or probably kind of keep experimenting and you might find it. So thank you so much, Caitlin, for being on my first step ever. It is an honor. And as I always request my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying that they really resonate with. Oh, thank you, Ashani, so much for having me. It's such an honor. Um, I, uh, I've had this quote on my wall for years. It's, I mean, I'll show you, it's literally on a piece of paper. like. It's so crumpled um, and it's come with me from, you know, new house to new house, wherever I'm living. 
Um, I, I apologize because I don't know who it's by. I probably should look that up, but, um, but I just love it. Um, and I'll read it out. To be humble, curious, and new in our approach, but still honor our intelligence will produce the highest form of living. This is the approach that enables us to manifest that which we truly desire. And here's an impact creator right sitting right across mm-hmm. me on my virtual studios today. <laughs> I really want to thank Caitlin Judd for being on my first step ever. You have really lit up our day today with the knowledge, the insight and the experience that you have got and you're doing an amazing work. More power to you. So thank you so much for being on my first step ever. And to everyone who's listening to us out here today, if you're interested to follow Caitlin's journey or kind of know a bit more about what she does, I'm going to leave a bit more information and links in the show notes. So do check that out. And to all my listeners, we will see you in the next episode with more such unconventional and power-packed stories but until then as i always say start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself if you're still glued together on this episode thank you so much i really appreciate that and if you really want to hear more such stories from around the globe then subscribe to my first step ever podcast on apple podcast google and spotify whichever platform you prefer Please do give ratings and please do write your comments and you can directly reach out to me on my first step ever underscore IN. That's my Instagram handle. A little about myself. I have always loved performing on stage, acting, speaking and just emoting myself. So I use these medium different ways so that I can connect with people, help them, empower them, infotain them, which is to inform them and entertain them. If you would like to collaborate for any opportunities, more than welcome to connect with me on my Instagram handle. Thank you.